Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I am your host, Cynthia Hyatt. And thank you always for joining me and listening in. And this week we are doing forgiveness. And so if you have not been able to listen to the uh, shows earlier this week, you can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you can listen to them right there uh, on your computer. So we did uh, the first day we did what forgiveness really is, what God says about forgiveness, why we need to forgive these types of things. And then the second one we did forgiving, you know, others. And then we did forgiving ourselves. And then yesterday we really talked about the deadly consequences of unforgiveness and what it does to us spiritually, mentally, socially, and physically. And so we're going to start today with this uh verse in chapter 10 of Matthew, verse 8, and it says, freely you have received, freely give. So forgiveness means to excuse a fault, to absolve from payment. It's a pardon, it's sending away, it's canceling a debt. And so this is part of a relational practice that is imperative that it happens to keep your relationships clear, clean, vibrant, and healthy. And so there's a tendency for us to withhold forgiveness from someone that we have intimacy with because it makes us feel like we're better protected when actually unforgiveness causes us to be even more sensitive and more easily hurt. And once we start keeping record of wrong, we're carrying that hurt with us into every interaction we have with that person. And so it complicates the interactions dramatically. So we want to keep a clean slate, and we want to quickly ask for forgiveness if we have have messed up, and we want to quickly give forgiveness if they've messed up. And so the better you practice it, the more often you do it, the better you get at it, and it becomes easier because unforgiveness causes a person to be very brittle inside, which makes it easier to break. And so forgiving, being a forgiving person, creates so much flexibility. It also causes you to look at the world very differently. And you look at the world from a less uh, defensive position, which means you're going to enjoy the world better. And you're going to get past things quickly. And it also increases the calling that God has on your life and causes you to be that much more effective. So there are so many reasons for forgiveness. On top of the fact that Jesus just simply said, you are to forgive people as I've forgiven you. I mean, it's, that's about as simple as it gets, right? And so Hebrews chapter 10 verse 30 says that vengeance belongs to the Lord. He repays, he settles the cases of his people. We need to let God pay us back for past injustices. That really is our dependency and our trust of God that he sees what happens, and he understands 
what it is that we need. And so I want to talk about this, this idea, this relationship idea a little bit more in depth. Because forgiving spouses, couples, our friends, these types of things, our family members, our most intimate relationships, is, it can be really tough to do. So if forgiveness is difficult for you or you rarely do it in relationship, then I'm going to give you some exercises that you can try. And I want you to um, do the least hurtful issue first before you try to take on the more painful ones uh, in your primary relationships. So first of all, what I want you to do is that when you both agree that you're ready to discuss whatever that particular issue is, whatever the offense is, then you set a time and a place to discuss the issue at hand. You don't just immediately jump into it because whenever we're dealing with something that is about a hurt, we want to make sure that we have enough time and that we're not going to have interruptions and that we are at our best. We don't want to try to do it when we're walking out the door. We don't want to try to do it when we're driving to church or when we are driving over to another person's home. We don't want to do it when someone's trying to get ready for work. We want to make sure that we have the time to do it and that we take the time because it deserves time. When we have, have heartbreaks, it deserves time. So then you make sure you cover only one item at a time. So I don't want you to do the laundry list approach because that does not lead to very helpful conversation. I want you to make sure that you prepare yourself to be open and honest and to fully hear out the other person's side of the story. And this is imperative. I don't want you to go into this discussion time unprepared. So you want to make sure that you know fully and completely what the hurt is for you so that we give the person a little bit more of a condensed approach so that we're not waterboarding them because it's the first time we've talked about it out loud. So it's really important that if you need to journal about it first, if you need to talk to yourself out loud in front of the mirror, whatever you need to do to prepare so that you can make sure you can give them a pretty concise and accurate version of whatever the hurt is and why it hurt you and what you are needing, what you are wanting, what you are hoping for. And then you want to make sure that you're willing to listen fully and completely to the other person. So if they're telling you a hurt that they have, you want to make sure that you relax your body, that you don't start building a case in your head, you don't start justifying in your head so that as soon as they take a breath, you jump in and tell them all the reasons why they're wrong or why they don't really know what they're talking about or how they are making a big deal out of nothing, right? We want to be really careful about that. So you want to make sure that you are able to hear the other person's side of the story. So when you take time to listen to one another's side of whatever the situation is, and you do it without interrupting, you make sure you don't give advice, you work really hard at don't allow yourself to be distracted. You want to put the cell phones away so that you're not glancing at it while they're bearing their heart to you, right? You want to make sure the TV is off. Kids are in bed. If you need to, get a babysitter. Whatever you need to do. And then simply listen to and understand your partner's side of the story. Ask clarifying questions. Because what you want to make sure is that you don't start to get defensive 
that we can get our feelings hurt about all kinds of different things. It doesn't mean that you're a bad or evil person. You don't have to defend yourself. We all make mistakes. And sometimes we hurt people without even knowing that what we're doing is hurtful because everybody has, has, has a uniqueness about them as to what might hurt them and what for you might not even cause you to flinch. So you want to be careful that you're not minimizing or justifying because you seek to understand not just the facts of the situation but the feelings as well. And you honor the feelings, which means we have to be grown-ups. That means I have to be able to handle that somebody is not happy with me or that I've let someone down or that I slighted them or I was inappropriate or whatever it is that they need to tell me because I want to restore intimacy. This is that, that beautiful verse when God says, come let us reason together, right? He says, though your sins are as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Well, that's this relational piece that we do with one another. We reason together. And, and then whatever that sin is, is erased. It's forgiven. It's eradicated. And we start fresh. And so we make sure that we are not arguing with someone about their feelings. We need to be accepting of their feelings, even if it makes us look bad even if it's embarrassing, whatever it might be. We need to be strong enough people. We need to be adult enough to be able to handle someone's thoughts and feelings about us, about a situation. And as we maybe are having an issue with someone and need to share it, we want to make sure that we're not doing character assassination, that we're not, we're not inferring that, that there's, there, there's character issues in that way. We're simply just saying, here's the behavior. This is the behavior that caused me hurt. Instead of saying things like, well, how could you be so stupid and so inconsiderate? How could you not know this stuff? Those types of things create their insult to injury, correct? So we want to really seek to understand not just the facts, not just the facts of the situation, but of the feelings as well. And then one of the most powerful things you can do for someone is reflect back to them what you believe you heard so that you can make sure that you both have the same information and the same understanding of that information. And so you say, this is what I think you're telling me. Does this sound right? Am I understanding you? Do I get it? And it's very healing and very restorative to have someone reflect back your feelings, and to honor them and to take them seriously. So when one person is finished sharing his or her side and feels understood, then the other person gets a chance to be heard out fully as well. And so we need to make sure that we're being considerate, that if I get to start, that I don't go off for a half an hour, and then by the time we get to you, it's, we're all too exhausted. So I want to make sure that I'm also being considerate as this person is willing to listen to my heart, to listen to my feelings, to listen to my upset or my offense. So once you both feel understood and heard, it doesn't mean you necessarily agree. You don't have to agree. Then you request forgiveness. 
And so throughout the conversation, we're hoping that each offending party becomes more aware of the hurt they caused. And in most cases, both parties have something to be sorry for. So ask for forgiveness and be as specific as possible. So say something like, I'm sorry for that, whatever, wrong action, the words I said, the way that I did it, whatever it is, we're going to apologize for that. I'm not going to fight about why it hurt you. Because if it hurt, it hurt. And requesting an apology can be very healing to the offended party as well. So if I say to my husband, or I say to my friend, or I say to my colleague, you know, I, I really need to hear you say you're sorry about that. I really need to hear an apology for that. That would really go a long way in healing for me. And we grant forgiveness. So when forgiveness is being asked of you, be sure to acknowledge the apology. And you grant the forgiveness. You say, you, you, simply saying, it's okay, is not sufficient. You don't just go, okay, it's no big deal. That's okay. If they're saying, hey, I'm really sorry about this, and I really need to ask for your forgiveness, then it's really important that you say to them, I forgive you. I do. Thank you for asking for that. And I do. I forgive you. If you can't, then you can say, I accept your apology, but I need a little bit more time to work through the painful feelings. I'm not going to withhold forgiveness, but I can't say it too quickly if I don't mean it, because I'm still really hurt and it's going to take me some time. And I need to really ask God to help me with that. But what we want to make sure is that we don't, we don't take a month, right? It's really important that the restoration of the relationship is one of the ways that we honor God the most. Think about how you feel when your kids get along, right? God loves it when we restore relationship. So when you're ready to forgive or you have been forgiven, then you move on from the hurtful event and discuss ways to avoid the pain in the future. So then you problem solve a little bit. And so let's say it's an issue of time. Let's say one person really likes to be on time and the other person doesn't really care. And that other person is perpetually being offended because they feel like you don't respect their time. And so this would be an important place to problem solve. And it might be something like, okay, I struggle being on time. And that person says, okay, can we just make it within five minutes? It doesn't have to be early, because, you know, for some people, if you're not early, you're late. And for other people, right, 10, 15, 20 minutes around that time is, is sufficient for them. So if we have two different, two different people, then one of the ways we problem solve is we say, you know, where can we give in this so that we can avoid this in the future? And so that may include developing new ways of relating to one another and getting rid of offensive behaviors. One of the most amazing things that we can do as adults is adjust. Adjust. Because little children don't adjust. And the world has to work around little children and teenagers, right? But when I'm a polite and courteous adult, I can adjust. And I can say, okay, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why that hurts you so deeply, but I do not want you to be hurt. 
So I will absolutely adjust that. I won't, I won't do that. Let's say it's something like language. Some people get very upset if, if people use uh, uh, any type of, of language. And other people, they don't really care. Well, if I like to use swear words and you get offended by them, why can't I just adjust and say, you know what, I don't want to do that to you. If that hurts your heart, if that hurts your, your ears, I can adjust. And then if I slip, well, the person can forgive me because they know that I'm adjusting. So it's important that, that the offender in particular verbalizes new ways that he or she will act so they don't hurt the other. So if, if my spouse is chronically late and I get offended by that, which this, neither, none of these examples are, are accurate. I'm just using them as examples. Then if, he's, if I'm the offended person, right, then he needs to be saying to me, hey, Cynthia, here's the ways that I'm going to work on not being late. Here's, the, here's what I'm going to do. And every time I see him making those moves toward not being late, I thank him. I always reinforce the things I like, correct? And so hugging as a physical sign that you're moving on and wish to the, the relationship to flourish is a great thing to do. But if it's a very deep hurt, it's really important that we respect that other person if they say, you know what, I just am not ready to do that yet. I know that we need to hug, I know we need to make up, and we are, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to belabor this, I'm not going to drag it out, but I am not quite ready. And so you allow time for trust and healing to occur. Now, if the offense is very hurtful, it, may, it really may take time for the trust and the healing to occur. But the healthier that we are, the more we are making the effort to heal. And we are asking God to help heal us quickly. And the healthier the offending party is, the more willing they are to tolerate it takes time and not to take that personally. So forgiveness and time together has now become the road to healing. And so we also want to be patient about practicing forgiveness and practicing healing. So let's say if you have to forgive someone else and they're not present. Well, one of the things that, that is very, very helpful is you write about the time or the incident that you wish to forgive someone for. You write out all the thoughts, all the feelings associated with the event, and the more detail, the better. Then you're going to say, in this, you're going to write this down, how much this incident impacted your life. How much energy do you give it? What was your involvement in the event? How has the event impacted your self-worth, your self-esteem? And so then you think about ways to take ownership of your actions. So when thinking about your actions, you want to say, do I hold on to resentments to keep this person beneath me? Do I blame people for my feelings? Because what we want to think about is, any hurtful incident is not going to be black or white. So there's a part of it that, that we participated in. And that's the ownership piece that we're taking. We're not discounting the feelings. 
We're simply saying, God, what can you show me from this incident as to how offended or hurt I got? What can you show me about myself? And then we begin to make sure that we say, okay, how can I take responsibility for these feelings and actions in the future? What can I learn from this? How can I help let this cause me to be a better person, a deeper person, a stronger person, a healthier person? And then if you are the offending party, you think about a variety of ways that you seek forgiveness from that person. And you say, you know, I, I think I really offended that person. I need to go ask them how I can fix that. What can I do? And then you want to make sure that if you are the offended person, you forgive them in your heart and your mind, and you plan to forgive them personally if that's safe. There are some people that we're going to forgive simply so that we can keep our side of the street clean, but not necessarily because we are restoring relationship with them. So you repeat the exercise for as many people as you, as you need. You either For people that you need to seek forgiveness or, or for people that, that you need forgiveness from them and they are not available to you. So let's talk a little bit about how we teach children to forgive. Because parents te teach children forgiveness in a variety of ways. Now the Amish do not use any formal curriculum but use their faith and, as an example to pass on the lessons of forgiveness from generation to generation. And so there are many ways that we learn forgiveness. Some of it, we, if we are raised in a Christian home, we are taught that biblically. Some cultures teach this differently. Some cultures teach that when we are asking for forgiveness, we actually bring something with us, whether it be a letter of, of forgiveness, whatever that may be. But while there are, there's many ways to learn forgiveness, one of the most effective for children is to see their parents modeling that forgiveness in their daily life. And children also benefit when we instruct them on forgiveness. Because like most lessons, teaching forgiveness to kids is a continual process, but it has great fruit when, when it bears great fruit. So children, especially young ones, are very impressionable. So as you teach your children how to forgive, it will be an ongoing process. You may have to give children words to say if they don't know how to actually do it. We may have to prompt them. And so we may say something like, Johnny, you hit your sister, and now she is hurt. You need to say, I'm sorry. Or if the children are older, you may say something like, I feel bad that I hurt you, and I'm really sorry for hitting you. And so then when we hear and see children doing this, we want to reward them for it. We want to, we want to say verbally, that was awesome. That was, I love how you handled yourself. You did a great job. And so we give children words and actions step by step. But most importantly is what they see us do, especially children under the age of 12. When they learn it at the developmental areas of their life and times in their life, they will be that much more natural in doing it as an adult. So it's very important that we pass this down to generations. 
Now, tomorrow we have a great guest. Her name is Laura Schroff, and she has written a best-selling book called Angels on Earth, and you are going to love that interview. She's really a dynamic speaker and writer, and you are going to love these stories. So God bless you in your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember... Be your own best version. Yeah.